We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Today on Not Sam Wrestling, Matt Cardona is here to explain to us how he changed the landscape of the wrestling world and why now he's involved in musical theater. The forbidden door has been opened, but this time by the WWE. What did Sami Zayn do on SmackDown and who the hell is Uncle Howdy? This is Not Sam Wrestling. This is Not Sam Wrestling. Introducing your host from New York, here is Sam Roberts. Boy, oh boy. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Happy Not Sam Wrestling. Happy Halloween, everybody. Hope everybody's doing great. Matt Cardona on the show today. Looking forward to you guys hearing that conversation with Mr. Woo 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 himself. But, I mean, before we get there... We have, uh, we've got a lot to talk about. A lot has happened in this world of wrestling since, since I last got to have the privilege of speaking to all of you. Some of you I got to speak to, of course, on, on Friday for the bonus Not Sam Wrestling podcast that you can only get if you're part of patreon.com slash Not Sam Wrestling. Of course, throughout the week, we're posting brand new content to the YouTube page, youtube.com slash Not Sam Wrestling. Lots of videos going up, lots of growth on that channel in the last few weeks. So if you're not subscribed yet, make sure you go to youtube.com slash Wrestling. Subscribe for free. Click on the videos. They're a blast. But let's talk about it. To me, probably the biggest overall story to happen in the last week or so is in terms of... A, a, a bigger deal in terms of a story that lets you know where wrestling is right now is the news that we got of what we're getting on New Year's Day 2023. To me, this news lets you know that there has been a changing of the guard. The word or term uh, forbidden door is thrown around all the time, of course, co coined by Tony Khan. I never particularly cared for the term. I, I think it's a, like a lot of terms kind of been stretched to the point that it doesn't mean anything anymore. Um, but it basically refers to interpromotional play, the idea that superstars exclusively signed to one company can go compete in dream matches against superstars in another company. And how can we make this happen? We saw AEW work with uh, Impact Wrestling. 
We saw AEW work with New Japan Pro Wrestling on the Forbidden Door pay-per-view. Um, but I think what people have been really waiting for and why it is referred to in such a dramatic way is the idea that the WWE has historically been so exclusive. Now, the WWE hasn't exclusively been exclusive. There are examples, plenty of examples of the WWE reaching out where business made sense and working with other companies. What the WWE doesn't do is work with competition, organizations that they view as competition. But historically, there have been times, not all the times, but there have been times where WWE feels like making sure that the industry uh, is, is profitable is only good news for their organization. For instance, working with Extreme Championship Wrestling, WWE famously not only involved ECW a couple of times, turned an episode of Monday Night Raw into basically an infomercial for ECW's first pay-per-view, Barely Legal, in February of 1997, but they also notoriously secretly helped fund the organization. When ECW had to get their title back uh, after Mike Awesome, the ECW champion of the world, showed up on Nitro. WWE graciously lent out the human suplex machine, Taz, to show up at an ECW building and on an ECW show have this WWE superstar defeat this WCW superstar. Taz ended up bringing the ECW championship onto an episode of SmackDown. He got beat by Triple H. I don't know if it was the greatest thing in the world for ECW, but still, interpromotional, forbidden door opens. It goes back before that. This wasn't uh, on such a mainstream level, but when there were still vestiges of the territory system, when local cable was still strong enough that it was viable in certain markets and the internet wasn't strong enough uh, so that it was revealing what was going on in those local markets. You had the WWE working very closely with Memphis, with Jerry Lawler's organization. Uh, Vince McMahon showing up on their TV. The first time Vince McMahon played a heel in wrestling, it wasn't in WWE. It was in Memphis. It was in the, the early to mid-90s, cast as a villain against Jerry Lawler's territory, and he would send down tons of WWE guys. Macho Man Randy Savage, The Undertaker. All those uh, superstars worked in Memphis. There was a there was an exchange, and in exchange, Memphis would become almost a developmental system, feeding superstars to the WWE. Same way it worked with ECW. Um, famously, you know, around the early '90s, even before the Memphis stuff, uh, WWE was working with Japan. They were bringing in Tenru. They uh, they they brought in a couple of superstars to kind of enter into the Royal Rumble. They did that again at the Royal Rumble in uh, 1996, 1997, the Royal Rumble at the Alamo Dome, when the WWE saw the success of WCW's Cruiserweight division and entered into a short-term partnership with AAA. And they brought AAA superstars to compete in the Royal Rumble. Cibernetico was in there, Hector Garza. Um, even a bunch of the minis came over. And, and started incorporating WWE characters into the minis. So there is a history of WWE working with other promotions, but not on any big mainstream level, and certainly not any time terribly recently. That is up until now. 
because on Sunday morning, it was announced that Pro Wrestling Noah will be having a New Year's show. And that New Year's show, as part of the Great Muta's retirement tour, will be headlined by the Great Muta going one-on-one with returning to Japan, Shinsuke Nakamura. Huge news, huge news for Muta, huge news for Nakamura, huge news for wrestling fans. It opens the door of all these different possibilities. All of us that that uh, uh, make our bones get in front of a microphone and, and fantasy booking, what could happen, what should happen, the doors are now wide open. It's also evident that we see the value in partnership. And I think it's also evident that the person in charge, Triple H, is a guy who historically has always been very open to the idea of looking at the entire landscape of professional wrestling because he's a student of the game. He loves pro wrestling. This is this is, this is what has fueled him. Now, what are the bigger ramifications of this? Okay, well, first of all, it's really interesting because. Great Muta showed up at, at at Grand Slam for AEW in Queens. So part of Great Muta's retirement tour has already been in conjunction with AEW. As a matter of fact, Sting is going to be going to Japan, I think, three weeks after the New Year's show to team with Muta or to be involved in a tag team match with Muta. I don't know if it's on the same side or opposite sides. So that's, so, so that's part of it too, right? Not only is WWE partnering with Pro Wrestling Noah, but they're not insisting on being the sole partner. That's insane. That never would have happened six months ago. I think that WWE is doing the right thing, first of all, by putting the great Muta on a pedestal and, and by sending Shinsuke Nakamura over there, acknowledging that this is a big deal. This is It's similar to how WWE allowed their superstars to compete at the Terry Funk retirement show. Terry Funk's WrestleFest in uh, 1998 in Amarillo, Texas, maybe 97, when uh, when it was announced that Funk was retiring. This is the show that was uh, showcased on the documentary Beyond the Mat. Dennis Stamp wasn't booked. It wasn't booked. But, bigger picture, Brett the Hitman Hart was sent. WWE's Brett the Hitman Hart to compete against Terry Funk in the main event. Mankind, Mick Foley as Mankind was on that show. Several WWE superstars were sent down there or given permission to go down there. Um, And that's because of how important I think Terry Funk is and, and how much reverence WWE had for Terry Funk. Now Great Muta is being put on that pedestal and I think that that's a good thing. I also think that what this is gonna do is it is gonna remind people who Shinsuke Nakamura is. Shinsuke Nakamura is the original mainstream penetrator from New Japan Pro Wrestling. Shinsuke Nakamura was the guy who got America talking about what was going on in Japan. I remember, I want to say it was, I think probably around 2015, Wrestle Kingdom 9, Sitting there, I was in Los Angeles. I was hanging out with uh, Kathy Kelly, as a matter of fact, and I was glad I was in Los Angeles because Wrestle Kingdom is on in the middle of the night. But since it's LA, at least it's three hours earlier, and we were up at like two o'clock, three o'clock in the morning watching uh, Shinsuke Nakamura versus uh, Abushi 
Shinsuke Nakamura being part of that package that came over to WWE when it was AJ Styles, it was the Good Brothers, and then it was Shinsuke Nakamura. Those four came over with Shinsuke going over to NXT. There was so much hype around Shinsuke Nakamura debuting in NXT. The, having uh, elements of the entrance leaked on the internet was a big deal because people were psyched for what is this Nakamura entrance going to look like. Nakamura's Japan entrances were notorious. They were famous. They were the legend of the Nakamura entrance was as big as the legend of Nakamura to an extent. Strong style, the king of strong style was coming to NXT. He had that great entrance, had that incredible, legendary now match with Sami Zayn, and it ushered NXT into an entirely new generation. But here's the thing with Shinsuke. I don't think that we have seen that Shinsuke Nakamura since maybe, and I don't just mean what he does in the ring, I also mean the way the audience perceives him. I think the last time we saw that might have been the Royal Rumble in Philadelphia when Shinsuke won and Philly went crazy. I remember being there in the building. What a night. Asuka and Shinsuke winning the two Royal Rumble matches. It was like, yes, we've been heard. Yes, we're getting what we want. And that's not to take away from the AJ Styles Shinsuke Nakamura match that happened at WrestleMania. But the fact is that that match was overshadowed by the fact that the story of it was Shin turning heel. And I think that Shinsuke's had good matches since then, don't get me wrong. And, and I think he's had a hell of a journey. I think that, that he did great as a heel. I think that the stuff with Boogs has been great. I think it's all been good. It's all been good stuff. Shinsuke isn't anything that's been bad. It just hasn't been, we need to have a conversation about the fact that this guy might be the biggest star in the world. That this guy could be the best. We haven't gotten back there with Shinsuke since he won the Royal Rumble. And I think that him going to Japan is going to remind people, oh, that's right. This is a legend. This is this is a goaded guy, Shinsuke Nakamura. So I think that's going to happen. What about the great Muta? So the whole context of this conversation changes now that Triple H is in charge. You got to remember Triple H is the guy that brought Jushin Thunder Liger into TakeOver Brooklyn 1. When NXT was doing their first TakeOver in an arena, that show was opened by Tyler Breeze versus Jushin Thunder Liger. And Jushin Thunder Liger was not being brought in to be a WWE superstar. He was not being brought in to be repackaged. He was not being brought in for any reason besides Triple H understood the value that Jushin Liger had. He understood what a big deal it would be to have that superstar in this arena and understood that this legendary international superstar, even though he had never been under a WWE umbrella, would elevate the entire brand, and it did. I think that of all people involved in the WWE, Triple H, on a high level, Triple H understands what a big deal it is that the great Muta is retiring. Triple H understands how significant that is, okay? I think that based on the fact that Nakamura is going to Japan to have a match with, Shin, with, with, with the great Muta, it is a given 
The great Muta is going into the Hall of Fame this year. I think that when we get to Los Angeles and we do a Hall of Fame ceremony, and I think we're going to go full tilt with this Hall of Fame ceremony, I absolutely think that the great Muta goes in. There's rumors about Vince McMahon going into the Hall of Fame this year. I think that's possible. But I think you can you can rest assured. I think the safe money is on the fact that the great Muta will go into the Hall of Fame. I think, based on the fact that this is done, I think there's at least a fighting chance that the great Muta's retirement match is in a WWE ring. Now, does it happen at WrestleMania? I don't know. I don't know if we can get, I think his last match is advertised as either being at the end of January or in February. But who's to say we can't stretch it another month, huh? As we say here on Not Sam Wrestling, who's to say? I think that there's a high likelihood that Shinsuke Nakamura wrestles his last match in a WWE ring. I think that there's a few spots that it could happen. I think that it could happen at WrestleMania. If it does, I think it'll just be spice added to it, you know? I don't think that it'll be like a a a big sort of Undertaker type of match. I just think it'll be a little something extra added. That said, there's a only even with two nights. There's only a few spots at WrestleMania. And with Triple H in charge, this is his time. It's literally what he talked about on his theme songs. This is the moment. This is the first WrestleMania that Vince McMahon is not in charge for. Triple H is getting himself a WrestleMania. If you look at what Triple H is doing in WWE right now, I feel like he is trying to not waste a moment. I think Triple H is well aware that the wrestling industry is moving at a pace like we've never seen before. And he's got the pencil. For the first time in the history of WWE as we know it, somebody besides Vince McMahon has the pencil. And it's up to Triple H right now I think, to do everything he's ever wanted as quickly as he possibly can. That is what makes me feel like we could see the great Muta in a WWE ring. I would not be surprised if it took place on WrestleMania SmackDown. If they built SmackDown into being WrestleMania SmackDown, where, and they've tried it before, I don't think, you know, Putting the Andre Battle Royal on SmackDown, I mean, I guess, but it doesn't really feel like a WrestleMania SmackDown, right? I, I, I think that that you can really build it and basically do almost a third night of WrestleMania, right? It's going to have commercials. It's not going to be as much. And still, it's basically a super pre-show, a souped up mega pre-show for WrestleMania. And I think that if done right, you could do Great Muta's last match on SmackDown. I also think that there is a world. If you look at the way they're trying to grow NXT, they're trying to incorporate elements of black and gold back into it. I think they're trying to create a hybrid 
of NXT 2.0 and NXT Black and Gold right now, where they maintain this developmental system, but at the same time, try to get back that credibility that they had. Try to be the place where hardcore fans go to get their fill in the United States. I think they're trying to do both with NXT right now, which is why it wouldn't surprise me if they tried to put NXT back in an arena in Los Angeles, WrestleMania weekend for Stand and Deliver, just like they did last year. I would not be surprised to see Braun Breaker hold that title all the way to WrestleMania and have the main event of Stand and Deliver be the great Muta versus Braun Breaker. I wouldn't be shocked. And I know some of you are gagging. Some of you are rolling your eyes. Some of you are saying, can you imagine if the great Muta's last match is against Braun Breaker? I know, I know. If it's up to me, I go bring Finn Balor into SmackDown and the great Muta's last match is at WrestleMania SmackDown, Finn Balor versus the great Muta. I think that is the thing to do. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. But I'm just saying, I wouldn't be shocked if NXT Stand and Deliver is in an arena and it's headlined with a great Muta match. I feel like we're getting one in a WWE ring. And that's and a Hall of Fame and a Hall of Fame entry. And that's the trade-off we're getting. It remains to be seen. We got a few months to speculate, which I love. Um, speaking of speculation, of course, we saw uh, MJF. Uh, he was inching towards being a babyface two weeks ago on Dynamite. And I feel like this week, he just jumped ahead a mile. Like it was like, we started like like we we started sprinkling the babyface pepper two weeks ago on dynamite, and then this week somebody unscrewed the top and the whole thing just came out. You know, week one was step one, week two was step three, four, five, six, and seven, which leads me to believe that either we need a little bit more discipline in the storytelling going on over there, or I think that there's a strong likelihood that we're getting a swerve ski. I believe there's a strong likelihood that this isn't actually the babyface turn. The reason we're moving so fast is because by November, we need the wrestling world to believe that MJF is a full-fledged top babyface in AEW so that he can turn heel. He promised not to use the ring. I believe he will use the ring and just simply lie. There's no stipulation added to it. I believe he will use the ring and the help of Stokely's gang to win the AEW championship. He still calls himself the devil. 
I think that MJF is going to take one more shot at being a heel before he's a full-on babyface. And in order to truly be a heel, I think he's going to have to have the audience feel betrayed by him. That's where I think this is going. Um, over on NXT, hey, the first ever fourth generation superstar just debuted in NXT. Did you see this? Ava Rain. Ava Rain. Uh, uh, the Rock's daughter, Ava Rain, uh, debuted in NXT. And uh, it's it's interesting because it's kind of flying under the radar. This is the first ever fourth generation superstar in WWE. She's joined Schism alongside Joe Gacy. And she is definitely getting time to establish herself as her own individual character. This is something The Rock wanted to do, and he was not afforded that opportunity. So I'm glad that she's getting it. And I, I'm glad that at this stage, she doesn't have the expectations of uh, High Chief Peter Maivia, Rocky Johnson, and The Rock piled on top of her. That she's just out there, and at some point, when she's awesome, we'll be able to cash in on that, but... Why rush to it, you know? Once again, once again this week, the top segment in the whole world of professional wrestling on television was a promo segment, not a match segment. And it was all because of one word. Usi. Sami Zayn proves once again why in the year 2022, he is WWE's most valuable player. Going back to the beginning of the year, starting his rivalry with Johnny Knoxville, leading us through a story that we actually cared about, bringing us to a match at WrestleMania with Knoxville that I believe history will shine very kindly upon. I still think there are a lot of people that don't quite get how brilliant the Sammy, Jane, Sammy Zayn, Johnny Knoxville match was. But it's led to us being here. That Sammy Zayn as the honorary oose has taken on a role that is not derivative of professional wrestling, in my opinion. Sammy Zayn's spot as the honorary oose is not the sort of prototypical uh, uh, sneaky, I'm pretending to be friends with the top guy heel role that I think a lot of us thought it was when it started. Instead, it feels like Sami Zayn has gone to acting school and Sami Zayn is not saying, what would a bad guy wrestler in my position do? Sami Zayn is saying, what would my character do? My character actually wants acceptance. My character actually feels like he's a member of this family and wants to be acknowledged as a member of this family. And it's working. The reason that we cheer for Sami Zayn and we are booing Jay Uso is because maybe in the beginning, we all felt the same suspicions that Jay Uso felt. But as time has gone on, there hasn't been this wink. There hasn't been this sneaky stuff going on behind the scenes that we all see and Jay Uso sees, but the rest of the bloodline does not see. What we see is what the rest of the bloodline sees, is what Roman sees, is what Solo sees, is what Jimmy sees. We see a guy who truly loves the bloodline, who truly wants to be an Anoa'i, who truly acknowledges the tribal chief 
And we see Jay as someone who is maybe jealous of the fact that this outsider has been allowed in and is now getting all of this attention. And it's brilliant because it makes sense that Jay would be. We have to go back to how this whole thing started with main event Jay Uso and the absolute torture that Jay was put through. Go back to the beginning of how the bloodline started and the rivalry between Roman Reigns and Jay Uso. And Jimmy coming back and having to help Jay and 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 and, and the the once Jay and Jimmy actually became members of the bloodline, once Jay realized Jay had to fight multiple matches, a hell in a cell match against Roman Reigns and get the stuffing knocked out of him humiliatingly by Roman Reigns in order to say, I cannot beat this guy. The acknowledgement came because it was rubbed in Jay's face that you can't beat me. I know you think that we're all equal, but we're not. So you have two choices. I'm going to beat you into oblivion and throw you out of this family. Or you can acknowledge me. And Jay said, well, let's test that. And so Roman beat him into oblivion. And before Jay could be thrown out of the family, he was forced to tuck his tail in between his legs and say, I acknowledge you. And even once he did that, he wasn't welcomed with open arms. No. He was emotionally and mentally abused. He was a whipping boy. The, the crime of not just simply acknowledge him, the crime of forcing Roman to have to prove that physically Jay could not defeat Roman. The crime of Jay not just, not just bowing down is something that Jay had to pay for mentally and emotionally week after week after week. We all saw it until he became a, a, a frightened puppy until he was so emotionally broken. It was a brilliant display of, of how this stuff happens. He was so emotionally broken, he just became a soldier. And with all that trauma that Jay went through, now he's watching Sami Zayn come in and just with a smile on his face, not only get to join the team, but be embraced. Have the tribal chief put Sammy in, in these big matches. Give him these great opportunities. Have him in tags with Solo. Send Jay home while we send Sammy to the ring. Of course it's driving Jay crazy. But the beauty of all this, let's go, let's go past the canon. Let's go past the story that's being told and into the performance of it. I don't think there was much in that promo on Friday Night SmackDown that was not in the script. Sami Zayn did not go off book. Sami Zayn did not. Sami Zayn's the only one that never broke character. It was just in the delivery when Sammy said, you got to forgive Jay. You got to forgive Jay. He just lately, he hasn't felt very oozy. And it was that pause. And then the, 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 the realness 
that he presented Usi with that broke everybody. The entire bloodline broke. Paul Heyman, if you go back and watch that, Paul Heyman is just like an observer standing there watching this all happen. Jimmy is having the time of his life. Solo is a rock. I don't think there's anything breaking Solo. Jimmy's having the time of his life watching all this happen. Roman is brilliantly trying to, because he's broken, right? He's, he's laughing now. He's corpsing. He's trying to somehow incorporate the fact that he's laughing and smiling into the character and into what he's saying to, to Jay. And poor Jay, like he's giving Jay these moments where he's like, yeah, we're all having fun. We're all having fun. Now take this seriously. And Jay breaks it, right? And Jay goes, okay, I'm back in it. And he's looking serious again. And then multiple times he just thinks about the fact that Sammy just said Usi in all seriousness. And he breaks again. It was just so brilliant to watch. It's one of those classic segments where Sammy is just, he's working on another level. And it's everything. It, I mean, it, 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 Sammy is at the point where he could be teaching master classes on this stuff. Because it's not just what he's saying, it's how he's saying and when he's saying it. It's everything. That, that in this ring full of beasts, you've got the greatest Mike person alive, Paul Heyman. You've got the Michael Jordan of modern-day professional wrestling, Roman Reigns. You've got the Usos, the greatest tag team in the world. They're all in that ring. And without overpowering anybody, without stepping out of bounds, without going into business for himself, Sami Zayn is the one who's in control of the entire circus. Sami Zayn becomes that ringleader. And it is so wild to see and so refreshing and so great to see. So where does this lead? I think, I think that we're gonna end up with a situation. It's got, Sami Zayn is so clearly a babyface that this has to somehow get to Sami versus Roman. Now there are already calls being made for what if Sami versus Roman and then Sami beats Roman. It could be like Mick Foley winning the title and it's like, no, it's not quite Mick Foley winning the title. When Mick Foley won the title, he was able to, The Rock got it right back, right? Mick Foley won the title for a couple of weeks. It was a feel-good moment, but it was like Rudy. It was like Rudy got out there for one play and, and, and he had that moment. And while this would be a great moment for Sami Zayn, you have to understand the way that this story has been built. When Roman loses, it, the world has to stop for a moment. When Roman loses, the only way that any of this makes sense is if when Roman loses, the intention is for him to lose against the guy who is the new face of the company. It has to be. It's the only way this works. Otherwise, it's like, yeah, it's cool. Like, you know, Mark Henry could have beaten The Undertaker, right? And it would have been great for Mark Henry in that moment. 
But is that why we spent all these years building the Undertaker streak? Are we going to get enough? And I'd say Mark Henry because it's the first thing could have uh, that popped into my head, right? Like Mark Henry wasn't in that position to be the guy who's like, okay, now I'm going to take this forward. That's why it made sense for Brock Lesnar to beat the streak. If anyone's going to beat the streak, it makes sense for Brock Lesnar to do it. Because what that did was it added to Brock Lesnar's arsenal. And I believe that Brock Lesnar is still, is still riding the wave of being the guy who beat the streak. When Brock Lesnar beat the streak, Brock Lesnar became unbeatable. When Brock Lesnar beat the streak, it became, there is never going to be a match ever again where we can sit there and say with certainty, Brock Lesnar will not win. That's why the Roman Reigns matches with Brock are so interesting. Because Roman is in the same boat. Every match with Roman, you're like, he's probably going to win. But you can never say that Brock Lesnar definitely won't. So I don't think that the answer is for is for Sami Zayn to be the one who beats Roman Reigns. That's crazy. But I do think that we are going to end up in a position where we see that Sami Zayn-Roman Reigns match. And people are going to want Sami Zayn to win, which is beautiful. I think that the way it has to work is, I think there's got to be a swerve. I think the bloodline turns on Jay, right? And I think Sammy feels weird about it. I think Sammy's watching along as the bloodline turns on Jay and he doesn't he doesn't like it. He wants the bloodline to all get along. This is he's coming from a real place. But he goes along to get along and he's like, okay, I guess this is what we're doing. But now he feels weird and you see it all over his face and he can pull that off. And then maybe a few weeks later at the next pay-per-view, whatever it is, we realize it was all a swerve. Jay comes out. Sammy doesn't want to jump him with the bloodline, but Jay jumps Sammy and the bloodline take out Sammy Zayn. Then Sammy can come out and start competing against the bloodline. And maybe you have him go through each member. Maybe he's able to somehow beat Solo. Maybe he's able to somehow beat Jimmy. Finally, we get to Sami Zayn versus Jay. He's able to get one out, right? And every single match, we build it up as, well, there's no way that Sami Zayn can beat this guy. And somehow, he does it. And so, once you do that three times with Solo, Jay, and Jimmy, you're at this place where it's like, oh my God, maybe that's the story they're gonna tell with Roman. I hope that this thing leads somewhere like that because I think it would be just money, 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 money. Before we get to Matt Cardona, who's on the show, it's going to be an extra long show, another jumbo-sized show. We do have to talk about Uncle Howdy because we did see Uncle Howdy on SmackDown, and we didn't just catch a glimpse of him, and we didn't just have to assume he was Uncle Howdy. He introduced himself. He didn't just say the word Howdy. He talked to us. He introduced himself as Howdy. Bray Wyatt comes out, and he kind of goes over, he's kind of evolving, but saying more clearly what we've been talking about him saying here on the show, which is, that this is the real Bray, that there is no mask. And the implication is that when he says there's no mask, it's not just, I'm not the fiend. It's Bray Wyatt as 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 the buzzard. It's it's Husky Harris as Huskus the pig. It's all, it's his sister, Abigail, Abby, it's all of them. They were all masks. Huskus, Abby, the fiend, Mercy, everybody. 
All the puppets were masks. And now he's coming to you without a mask. That said, when we flash to Uncle Howdy, he's clearly a person wearing a mask. Like it's, it looks like a real face, but it's not designed to trick us into thinking that it's not a mask. It is clearly a mask. It's also very interesting that there's gotta be some kind of correlation because we've seen Bray wearing a mask that resembles Uncle Howdy. The mask that Bray wore at Extreme Rules. And we saw him wearing it. This is key. He came out wearing that mask. And then he took the mask off and it was Bray. Now we've seen that mask in the weeks leading up to this. The wooden mask. The stone. Whatever it's made out of. And it look. I mean it's got the same facial hair and kind of structure as Uncle Howdy. Now it's a little different because that mask has red eyes. And Uncle Howdy very clearly has two different colored eyes. But I take that mask to be Uncle Howdy. And then we saw the the real quote-unquote Uncle Howdy. And there's questions about who this guy is, right? So, so first, what was he saying? He was saying, you're a liar. We both know that you're not done wearing masks. We both know that you're still wearing a mask. Right. He's calling he's saying he's calling out Bray for what he's saying now as lies. OK, he's he's quoting the man who sold the world, which is something that we've seen before. That's the uh, David Bowie song that was covered by Nirvana. And now he's saying you're the man who uh, uh, killed the world, which, again, is something that was referenced in the White Rabbit vignettes. So it's all uh, it's all it's all checking out. Right. Um, we see Uncle Howdy. And he's wearing like like a, like a top hat. It's not quite a cowboy hat. It's more like a top hat. And it's got a crown of thorns around it, like Jesus Christ. He's got a black leather coat on. And he's got, if you look at the stills, you can really see it. He's got a, a studded collar, like a, like a studded like rock collar. But there's a bow tie on it. It looked to me like there was a bow tie on it. And with the coat, the studded collar with the bow tie and the hat with the thorns around it, it does look to me like the Mad Hatter outfit that Bray once wore during the Fiend run, except a, a warped version, you know, kind of a more dangerous version of that outfit. He's got the, the tear deliberately placed, I believe, on his left cheek that's coming down, but it's still, he's not actively crying, it's part of the mask. And it, and it seems, there's like a scar, it seems to form like an upside-down cross. But then we also see an earring hanging down from his left ear. We see white facial hair. We see white hair coming down from the, from the hat. And we see a, a white facial hair. It's almost like a, a bit of a goatee and a, and a, a, a what's it called, a, a handlebar mustache. Now, there are a lot of references here to Bray's real life family, okay? The earring is not an accident or a coincidence. The earring is clearly, and people spotted it online right away, the same earring that Bo Dallas, Bray's real life brother, used to wear, has worn, maybe still wears, but wore on television, okay? And that's not an accident. That's an Easter egg in my opinion. The facial structure and hair looks very similar 
to the way at one point Barry Windham wore his hair. Specifically when he was the stalker, Barry Windham. Now, this is interesting for a couple of reasons. Number one, Barry Windham is the namesake of Bray Wyatt, Windham Rotunda. And Barry Windham is Bray Wyatt's real life uncle, Uncle Howdy. Number two, this might be a reach, but all the facial hair, if it does go back to when Wyndham, Barry Wyndham was the stalker, he wasn't getting to wrestle as Barry Wyndham as himself. He was wrestling as this weird gimmick that the WWE had created for him. He was wearing a mask, metaphorically. So that all keys in. Now, does that mean that Uncle Howdy is Barry Windham or is Bo Dallas? No, it doesn't mean that. It could be. Could be Bo, could be Barry, but it doesn't mean that. It just means that they're part of it. It means that they are influencing it. It means that Bray's real family is influencing it. Somebody that's got two different color eyes historically in wrestling is a Ring of Honor superstar named Tyler Bateman. Tyler Bateman was in a faction with Vincent and Dutch in Ring of Honor. Those are three names that have been tossed around as uh, possibly being signed to WWE. They were they were doing uh, uh, a very sort of similar horror movie type gimmick. I mean, Vincent at one point was the horror king. You know, he's like this, but Vincent is more like a hippie horror guy. He's like Charles Manson, Vincent, you know, whereas whereas Dutch is like, he's that that villain, that horror villain that you meet when you realize there's no escape. He's just gonna grab you and break your bones. And Tyler Bateman, I feel like is kind of the the orchestrator of it all, but he's got the two different color eyes. Is it? Vincent Dutch or Tyler Bateman, it could be. Certainly could be. That's the thing about it, about the lighting, about the framing of it. It could literally be anybody behind that weird mask and the fact that we only see it from really chest up and it's covered with clothes. He, he or she, is they, they are covered with clothing and everything. So the voice comes in to play. And I've listened to it a few times now and I have no idea. The voice could absolutely be Bo. But the voice also could be Bray. I tend to think that Uncle Howdy is Bray's truth. I tend to think that it's got familial influence in the sense that that it's got it's got the earring for his brother, it's got the facial structure for his uncle, and, and, and who knows what Easter eggs we're missing. But I tend to think that that we are an amalgamation of the people that we spend the most amount of time with. I feel like Uncle Howdy is Bray. I think it's just another incarnation of Bray. And I think that what we may see over the course of the next several weeks is very possibly Bray slowly morphing in to Uncle Howdy. And I think there's a reason that Bray came out with that mask at Extreme Rules. I think he was telling us something. And I think that this 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 human incarnation is is something that we're seeing that is deep inside of Bray. I could be wrong. I don't know. Maybe I'll change my opinion after next week. But this week, 
people are talking about Roman Reigns versus Bray is something WWE is thinking about doing. Look, I think Bray is telling his own story right now. I don't think we need to worry about whose Bray's opponents are going to be. Because the way I see it, I think there's a good possibility that Bray's first match back is Bray Wyatt versus Uncle Howdy. And somehow we find out that, and we see it physically in front of us. We watch Uncle Howdy versus Bray Wyatt only to find out that Bray Wyatt versus Uncle Howdy, this match that we literally saw in front of our eyes was just Bray wrestling with himself. That Bray and Uncle Howdy are the same person. And this wrestling match that we saw in front of us was just a, 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 a display, a visualization of the, the mental anguish that Bray is going through in his mind. He said he doesn't have any control over his emotions. And sometimes he likes that and sometimes he doesn't like that. Bray is not okay. Bray Wyatt is not okay. And I think that Uncle Howdy is the entity that's controlling Bray Wyatt right now. Well, we'll be able to talk about that all we want. But first, let's finish off this week's show, huh? We still got a lot of show to do because Matt Cardona, woo, 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 is joining us. Matt Cardona has set the wrestling world on fire in the last couple of years. Uh, he was ranked number 13 on uh, Pro Wrestling Illustrated's PWI 500. He's now in a, in a musical theater production. It's called The Last Match, where he sings, he acts, and at the end of the show, he actually wrestles a match. The Last Match returns to White Eagle Hall in Jersey City, New Jersey, on November 14th. Get those tickets and enjoy my conversation with Matt Cardona. The Not Sam Wrestling Interview. Welcome back. The King of the Death Match. The... 13th best professional wrestler in the world, according to some publications. Mm -hmm. And now uh, one of the top figures in musical theater. Ladies and gentlemen, Matt Cardona is here. Did I get it all? I mean, that's some of it. Hey, is this is this audio and video? Yeah. Just, no, yeah, oh, okay, we got it all. So I'm glad I have the nice professional backdrop. I might as well show off uh, my major bendy. Get your major bendies right now. Majorpodmerch.com. Sam, do you have any major bendies? Uh, I have the one that you were giving out at the panel at Comic-Con for free. Uh, the, the tan matte bendy. I have the tan matte bendy. Okay, yeah. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah, yeah. I'm no, surprised, I'm surprised you don't have the whole collection. Well, I don't yet. I mean, I'm, I'll probably get the uh, high spots. Nick Gage and the high spots okay. Danhausen. I was thinking, I was literally actually just thinking today, because I was listening to your podcast talking about high spots getting those. And yeah. I was like, maybe I should get like a major bendy of everybody who's been in the studio and like have them somewhere. So sure. like Effie's been in here and right. Gage has been in here. And, and I've never been, I've never been invited to the studio. We, I mean, would you come? No, I wouldn't. <laughs> I mean, if I was in town, I would. Yeah. If I was in town. Yeah. 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 Well, all right. I'm yeah. going to start. I mean, be careful what you wish for, because I'm going to start hitting you up and okay. going, hey, I've been checking your calendar. I see you're in town. Would you want to come sure. by? Sure. And you're going to be in town um, on November 14th, actually. That's right, baby. You're going to back, back to Jersey by popular City. popular demand. 
The last match returns you. So that's right. You are you just at this space in your career where you're just trying everything? Like, let's just try it. Let's just see. Um, I can see how it appears that way, but not necessarily. Uh, I've never wanted to be an actor. Uh, but hey, if, if Marvel calls me and wants to be the next superhero, I'm not gonna turn that down by any means. And uh, this was presented to me. And at first I was like, oh God, like a wrestling musical. Like, <laughs> ugh, I don't want to do this. But then I was talking to the producers and they were so passionate about it. And I read the script and it was actually really good. And it felt like something I could sink my teeth into. And I definitely felt like it could be something and I didn't want to uh, turn it down and then it blow up and me regret turning it down. So, so that's it, pretty much what happened. Well, it's going to go one of two ways, right? It's either going to that or you, or I mean, it's wrestling. So I'm sure that in the right. beginning you were like, this isn't even going to happen. This isn't even a, <laughs> like, this is just a guy right. saying he's going to do something. Right, right. <laughs> and, and, you know, I was looking at the other people on board and they're like starring in Broadway currently. So I'm like, guys like Ramin, uh, who's the, the lead, uh, well, co-lead, I guess I consider myself a co-lead. <laughs> But I'm like, if he's doing this, if he's taking time, you know, he's on Funny Girl right now. Uh, if he's taking time to do this, well, I'd be a fool to turn it down. Right, right. right. And I mean, obviously, you've considered yourself a singer for a long time. Hosky was available on iTunes. You know, you're you're somebody. Did they pull it down? I don't know if they did or did not. I haven't, I haven't checked. <laughs> it's almost a 10 year anniversary of Hosky. Wow. Wow. Yeah. And it goes back to like, yeah, growing up in Long Island, wanting to be in a boy sure. band. That's you right. know, now this is it. You get to go and and sing your heart out. I mean, do you feel <laughs> like you're a good singer? Or are you are you qualified? Good enough. Yeah. Good enough. Yeah. You can you can download the album right now, Spotify, iTunes, and you could hear me sing my song. I'm awesome. Wow! You should do that, Sam. After this recording, well, I, yeah, maybe we'll put a link, link in the description. Use LimeWire or something because you're a cheap <laughs> SOB. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna try to find it on BitTorrent. I'm gonna see if I can torrent it and uh, and get it on the on the on the arm, yeah. uh, as it were. But that's that's very exciting. Did you do you feel like uh, after you've done this that this is something that you're gonna want to do more of? So, okay, so I did the first two shows, and not that I thought it was going to be easy. There's, I did not. I did not anticipate how hard and how stressful it would be. Right. Um, you know, so the whole crew had, you know, a week and a half, two weeks of rehearsals. I'm actually still an active wrestler. I was in the UK wrestling. So I came and had like maybe three or four days of rehearsals. I had to memorize this whole script. Listen, I'll tell you the truth. I didn't read the whole script. You know, like, I mean, I did at that point. But when I accepted the role, I just read up to my part. I thought, oh, okay, that's it. Right? I didn't realize, like, I'm the main dude. So I'm, I'm in the entire thing, which was – it's something I'm not used to because, like, okay, wrestling, you, you get ready for your match. The match is over. You can relax. Uh-uh, not here. You got you to gotta go do your next scene. Yeah. And then your next scene. And your next scene. And your next scene. And then – Holy shit, the, the finish of the show is a match. <laughs> and then you actually have to do a match. That's what I was thinking when you were talking about doing it. Because it's like when you're, especially as busy as you are right now, just every weekend doing something. Right. When you're wrestling, you know, you've done this long enough that you can show up and go, okay, what are we doing tonight? You know, for a bigger match, oh, you kind of. Oh, but like even you, for this, when I got to rehearsals, I got the match down in a second. Right. Easy. Right. Easy. That's, that was the easiest part. But then you got to memorize the a whole play. Right. Yeah. And like 
and the and the dialogue, the back and forth, it's not just like a bunch of different promos. It's dialogue back and forth. That's what was very, very challenging. And luckily, the rest of the cast and crew were so encouraging, so understanding. Uh, they're probably talking shit about me behind my back <laughs> to my face. They really made me feel comfortable. And that that helped a lot. And it went a long way. Wow. And you felt good about it. You felt good about the first performance. I felt OK about uh-huh. the first performance. Second performance, I thought I nailed it. <laughs> Are you good? <laughs> so you, had to, you had to do one to get it out. And then uh, by the second uh, one. <laughs> yeah, and I, I'm excited. I knew that there was a plan for this to keep going, mm-hmm. but I didn't know what the exact plan was. I still don't, to be honest. I know I'm attached to it, and as far as it goes, I'm along for the ride. Yeah. So we got a show coming up uh, November 14th. Two more shows, and uh, I'm very, very excited. But again, I'm still an active wrestler, so I have NWA uh, that weekend going for the world title. I'm flying Monday morning right to the show, like literally. From the airport, uh-huh. changing and performing. Like I don't even get to do the run through. <laughs> I mean, so hopefully, I remember those lines. Yeah, are you gonna be reading yeah. it on the plane? Like, kind of refreshing. Have like, to be. Yeah, a hundred percent. Like it was weeks ago. I don't remember all the lines. Of course. Okay, so is that is that what you do? Because like I do a lot of different things, and I try to just my method of of doing all these different shows and stuff is just to worry about what's in front of me when it's right in front exactly. of me. And right. so is that so you'll be like okay right before. The world title match of the NWA, you'll be focused on like, okay, this is the story we're telling. Right. And then as soon as that match is done, okay, the next thing up is the musical. So I'm going to focus on making sure the musical's right. Yeah, I could definitely juggle a couple things, but to have 100% focus it has to be exactly what's in front of me, what's the next thing in front of me. That will get all my focus. What's been... But, but I'm always ready, Sam. I forgot about that. Uh-huh. I yeah. forgot about that. I forgot right. about I'm that. I'm always ready. Yeah, and I've noticed you've been uh, reaching out to some of the more esteemed members of the media about coming in and seeing the play. I mean, listen, this was not my idea. Uh, the producer, Jeremiah, reached out and said, hey, do you know Sam Roberts? <laughs> I think I think my exact quote was, fuck Sam Roberts. Uh, I, but, I um, love, but I love that. You know how much I love that somebody's coming up to you and going, uh, hey, Matt, you don't know Sam Roberts, do you? Oh, God. It, I told you it, it. It was so painful to type that invite out to you. It really was. It hurt, right? But, oh my God! Especially because oh. you knew it's like free ticket. That sounds good to me. Yeah, I know Sam will <laughs> do anything for a free ticket. <laughs> oh well, I think that's great. I mean, but but okay. So you you, how long has it been since you were back from your injury? Uh. I came back at the end of August, so it's going to be about three months, right? September, October. Two eh, months. Two and a half months. Yeah, yeah well, months. yeah, basically all of September, all of October. Yeah. yeah. That's crazy that it's only been that long, because I feel like you hit the ground running and just went, like, it picked up right where you left off, taking every, like, every, every opportunity, every date, you know, and just going, going, going. Now you're doing European tours as well, right? Yeah, I mean, I'm not uh, somebody who stops, even the injury, I didn't, really miss any bookings the only bookings i missed were the ones where promoters didn't want to bring me in right but most places did i went to australia and cut promos in Madison chelsea with a torn bicep or a surgically <laughs> repaired bicep uh-huh. because people know macadona's money you know what i'm saying i get so i was busy all summer long if not more busy because on my off days i had to do rehab <laughs> <laughs> you know so i'm doing the major rest of podcast still making my bookings and rehabbing my injury so i was more busy yeah and, 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 and like you, yeah launching a toy line well, you know, I mean, the major bendies, uh, it, it's it's been about we started last Christmas. We, yeah. we dropped series one 
And uh, we've made so many by now. I can't believe you don't ha have any. That's because we don't send them to you for free. I'm yeah. sure if we offered for free, you'd have the whole set. Yeah, I mean, I got my I got my Terry Funk here. What do you, I, uh, I, I think? <laughs> you still in that Mattel Elite Squad? Of course. Am I still in the Mattel Elite Squad? Of course. I'm the I'm the longest tenured uh, uh, member. I think at this. I, well, I don't know how long you were in, but. I heard a rumor on the Wrestling Figs message board that Kathy Kelly would be replacing you. Is that true? I don't know. I, I, don't know. I think they're going to put it to a fan vote, so I might be in oh, trouble. Please. Wow. <laughs> you might actually win that one. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, that's why. Okay, see, that's why I don't feel bad, because I feel right. like, you know, I didn't replace you and Hawkins and Brian Myers, you know, well, that, got fired. That, yeah, you got kicked out. Right. You got thrown. Yeah, Vince, Vince kicked us out. <laughs> yeah, he's like, I want him out of the elite squad. Yeah, that's, that's what happened, to be honest. Yeah, you got fired from the elite squad. <laughs> they were like, you know, these guys wrestle too. Well, whatever yeah, we have to oh, do to get them out yeah, of the elite get them squad. Out. Get them out. <laughs> but you've maintained your relationship. I mean, I feel like you're, you're elite squad adjacent. Yeah, because, you know, uh, I think the, the people on the inside of Mattel know that we have the passion and they more importantly know we have the influence. So, uh, you know, well, we can bury something real. I mean, that's why Bill McKenna blocked me on Instagram. <laughs> he did Bill McKenna block you. Yeah, he did. Oh my God. <laughs> was, was there a, was there a, a, like a tipping point that was like, okay, that like, that's the post that did it. Uh, I'm sure there was, I don't recall. You don't know. And a, a few months later I saw him at, uh, Ric Flair's last match. Yeah. Was it Rick? No, no, no. It was the, the wrestling showcase. I do. I have so many bookings. They all blend together. You know what I'm saying? When I won the wrestling showcase, became the first ever wrestling showcase champion. Wow. I saw Bill McKenna uh, at a bar. I went up and said, hello. Two minutes later, he left. left the whole bar. <laughs> he's a, he's done with you. You're on, you're he's on the done. shit list. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he's on mine. So it's okay. <laughs> I want to know. I'm going to find out what it was. Like what was, what was the final straw that he was like, I'm, I, I'm done. There's so many. Who knows? Who knows what it was? <laughs> That's great. Speaking of figures. Yeah. Okay. And speaking yeah. of death matches, yeah. a figure, uh, uh, zombie sailor previewed a death match. King Matt Cardona, uh, two pack right. based on the match with Nick Gage. That, that match was already, I mean, a, a year and a half ago, almost. I know. I know. And we have any, do we have any updates on when we're getting a death match Cardona? Zombie Sailor? It was supposed to come out already, but it's not out, obviously. Uh, there's also going to be a ringside collectibles two-pack from the same match. Is that so, by? Uh, uh, is that the, in the ringside major like figures? The Remco, yeah, yeah the, the, the AWA Remco He-Man style. Yeah. So pretty cool that I'm going to get uh, at least two figures out of this match. Uh, I mean, that match, it's, you know, it changed my whole life, changed my whole career. Um I'm very, very proud of that match. So I'm glad to have uh, figures based on it. What was the worst part of that match? Like, now that you've had all this time to reflect, and I mean, like, obviously the anticipation building towards it, you must have been out of your mind because you haven't done any of that stuff leading in. What was the what was, what was was the most painful part of the death match with Nick Gage? You know, I went through glass, light tubes, pizza cutters. The most... <laughs> Painful part was afterwards, actually. Like, there's no doctors backstage at GCW. There no? Was this, no. I mean, there's this lady who said she was a nurse. Uh, <laughs> she stitched me up, did, like, a Frankenstein-style stitch job on me. Uh -huh. told, told me the stitches were dissolvable. They were not. I got <laughs> infected. <laughs> uh, um, and months later, 
I still had glass in my back that the body rejected. And basically it was like at the surface, I had to go get it removed. Pieces of glass. Oh my God. Still in my back. And when you so go the to a- the aftermath was the worst. Did you have to explain to a doctor why there was glass in your back? Yes, I did. <laughs> I did. You have yeah. to understand deathmatch wrestling. Uh, That's right. You know, we, I, I go through glass. Well, you're the king, I guess. That's now, right. I, I've retired from deathmatch wrestling, but I retired as the king. You have retired. I retired immediately. <laughs> like one and done. Did you That's see it. Did you see Nick Gage uh, commented on you recently? I did not. What did he say? Well, he said that uh, he felt disrespected by you. He said okay. he, he liked John Moxley and that Mox yeah. came in and did a bunch of stuff. He, well, he used the P word to describe you is what he did. And he said that you would just come in and, and, and kind of. <laughs> it wasn't that P word. <laughs> uh. <laughs> he said, you, well, he said you'd come in for your one yeah. death match. You had gotten all right. the credibility and credit for it. And then yeah. you didn't do it again. And he felt disrespected by that. Well, you know what? Uh, to that, I argue that I stuck around. Mm. I am the reason. GCW sold out the Hammerstein ballroom. I'm the reason. Singularly? No. Yeah, I'll say that. Wow. I will say that if I didn't go to GCW to have that Nick Gage death match, that momentum would not have been started that led them to Hammerstein. I will 100% say that. And that's a shoot. That's not me being a gimmick. Right. Because that, that match trended number one over the Olympics, over UFC that night. Moxley comes in. He wins the title. Doesn't do anything with it, right? He's never trending. He's never trending when he does the 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 death match stuff. And I understand at school, oh, we got this AEW guy as a champ, but he's not doing anything for the company. Mm-hmm. What mm-hmm. did he do for the company? You're saying you you went so far out of your comfort zone and made so many people go like, look at this spectacle, look at what we're right. seeing. Like you're yeah, hundred percent. Even Dave Meltzer was worried about your safety. Was he really? Remember, Dave was Dave was very upset when everybody was throwing bottles at well, you. That, that was bullshit. Dave also said that was fake, which it was not. No. So, no. I was there I mean, that <laughs> night. It, was, it so wasn't was fake. <laughs> yeah. So was I. So was I. I was scared to death. I legitimately had to be brought out a different way. <laughs> well, that, that was, yeah. I mean, you say you retired from death matches, but then I saw you... Yeah. And your beautiful bride, Chelsea, renew your vows in front of the GCW universe, as you say. And something I did for GCW, give them, you know, a wedding. There's never been a GCW wedding. And a lot of GCW fans were probably like, look, all these light tubes are great, but when do we get a wedding? Right, exactly. I did it for the GCW universe. They Mm -hmm. probably have never been to a nice wedding in their life. (laughs) So I brought it to the showboat and then Nick Gage comes out destroys me pizza cutter all over the place my mom was hysterically crying backstage there's blood oozing out of my face chelsea's dress destroyed covered in blood covered in cake but that's something i did for the gcw universe and i feel like i don't get the respect but so you don't think that you don't have something like that happen to you i mean not only uh bodily damage but humiliation Right. right right and you don't go okay i need to fight this nick gage guy again he just ruined he ruined my wedding, my renewal ceremony. Well, here, here's the thing. How do you top that first match, right? You don't do it again at the showboat casino, right? <laughs> you know, right? Like if you did it, and if you did it at Hammerstein, yeah. they, they don't let you do stuff like that. So right. where do you do a match like that? Right. Yeah, you can't do it in New York State, right? 
No, and I'm not doing it on the fucking Jersey boardwalk like they just did against Moxley. <laughs> You're not going to do that? <laughs> oh, so huh. I've retired as king. Yeah. Yeah. I guess so, and which it, is... It's, it's trademarked as well, so it's official. I saw that. You went to the gimmick attorney. I saw the certificate. That's right. That's, that's right. <laughs> it's, it's the, I don't mess around. It's the real deal. Man. So, but you, so you don't, you don't, that's not a world title that you need to have again then. Oh, no, I absolutely want to have it again. But just not by under your own. It's, it's not the GCW Deathmatch Champion. Right. It's a GCW World Championship. And I, I love GCW. I love the roster. I think everyone's hungry. I think everyone brings something to the table. I think Brett Lauderdale is a cheap SOB, but I think he is passionate. <laughs> and I think he is, uh, you know, ahead of the curve on a lot of things. Um, and I, I truly think GCW is the third big promotion in the United States. I don't think it's an indie. It doesn't just run in Jersey once or twice a month. It runs all over the country, all over the world, every single weekend. That's not an independent promotion, in my opinion. That's true. I mean, in the fact that like the L.A. shows are just as hot as the Atlantic City shows, which are just as hot as the shows in Michigan, which are, I mean, it's, it's right. Atlanta, remarkable. Mexico, yes. Japan, England, they, they literally go all over the world. At that point, it's not independent. Who's somebody in GCW that you're like, the world should be more aware of this person when you talk about the roster? Um, well, I think, you know, Janela, Effie, guys I've already given the rub to, Nick Cage. Um, <laughs> I, I think there's a lot of talent there. Uh, Jimmy Lloyd, you know, you know Jimmy Lloyd? Of course I know Jimmy Lloyd. I, I just want to fix him up, you know, get him a little diet. Yeah, it would Trim be funny. Beard. You should do the uh, the Nikolai Volkov thing with him, where you're Ted DiBiase and he's your Nikolai, and you're there to well, you're there you know, to help I him out. I just want to be my broski. You know, I want to help him out. I want to, you know, he he's a child actor, former child actor. What if he gets back? What if I get him a role in the Last Match musical? That could be huge for him. That could be huge. And that could be what right? he needs. It's something to break him out of it's his motivation. shell. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Cause that's true. Cause he hangs out with all these people that maybe it's like, it's okay to, you know, not take care of yourself and, right. and, and like, you know, you know, uh, black t-shirt and, and sweatpants. And it's like, right. well, what and if we, thumbs all over it, you know? Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 I know what you're yeah, saying. Yeah, yeah. What if we I get him in front of, yes. What if we get him in front of an audience, a musical a theater major makeover? I love that. Yeah, you should do that in front of the GCW audience. The, I, I would, I would love to. The it's Jimmy Lloyd to Jimmy, major though. makeover. I, it's all up to Jimmy if he wants to change his ways and be a superstar. That's the way to phrase it. That's right. That's the way to That's phrase right. it. That's right. See, I, I, I'm not selfish. I'm doing this for GCW. Yeah, you're like the yeah. Gary V of GCW. I am the Paul E. <laughs> you are. <laughs> now you say Brett Lauderdale is uh, is is cheap. Is he not yes. paying you what you think you're you deserve? Oh, that's I mean, one hundred percent. But because um, I also heard I was listening to one of your podcasts and you were uh, laughing. Maybe it wasn't GCW. Maybe it was a different tour. But it might have been GCW at the fact that like you were on some tour and. Uh, all the wrestlers had to like pack into hotel rooms. Oh, but, that's GCW. Yeah, yeah. But you got your own suite. Oh, <laughs> well, there was all these apartments, and I felt really bad because you know everyone's sharing different apartments. And uh, uh-uh, not me, pal. <laughs> so I had my own apartment. There was a, a spare bedroom in my apartment that I didn't use, and all these people are you know sleeping on floors everywhere else. But I'm like, no, nope, <laughs> it's in my contract, pal. I got my own. A place to stay. <laughs> you didn't invite anybody to crash in your. I, I did not. I yeah. felt real bad, but I also didn't feel bad because 
they should have worked into their deal too. That's true. That's true. Look, how many of them have had a WrestleMania moment, right? That's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. Man. So speaking of WrestleMania moments, you know, though I feel That's like right. the I feel like the wrestling world has uh has changed a lot in the last three months. Uh have you gotten any feelers from either WWE or AEW about like, all right, things are changing all over the place. We see what you're doing. Even just that. Sam, Sam, I respect you as a broadcast journalist. I do. Yeah. But you're a fool to ask me that question on air because, okay, let's say I did, Mm -hmm. right? Am Mm -hmm. I going to reveal it to you on the not Sam wrestling podcast? I mean, right. No, (laughs) I'm not. And then let's say I didn't. Right. Why would I tell you and ruin the suspense? No, you're right. You know what I'm saying? Well, that's so, it. here's the I I appreciate you asking the question, but uh, you know, I'm not gonna answer those those questions here. I'm not I a, plead the fifth. No comment. That's because you're a professional. That's right. There are people that maybe are not as much of a professional that loose lips, you know what I mean? Right. Or or they stutter through the answer, but not me. Let me ask you this. If you were let's say let's say uh Triple H is like, you know, I see what you're doing, I like right. it, like you know, you've you've yeah. clearly you've done what you're supposed to do. You leave sure. well, I mean I have. Hundred percent. I'm not only, and this is a shoot as well. I am not only the number one free agent in pro wrestling. I am the agent. We, I mean, I am. There, there's nobody else. I am the blueprint of what to do when you get released from WWE. Yeah, you value. Now, did I take things from guys like like Drew McIntyre or Cody? Sure, but I blew it up and did it my way. That's the key, right? That you did it your way. So, but okay. So let's say, I, I mean. Your top 20, your top 15 PWI 500. Boom. Number 13. Number 13. Unsigned. Unsigned. That, Only free agent in the top 20. Number 13 is high, no? It's not high enough in my opinion. Oh, all right. All right. We're going we're gonna to differ there then. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, so but, but let's say that happens. Do you, would you kind of be insistent on being like, yeah, but if we do this again, we should do it as Matt Cardona? Or do you think that, Going back as Zack Ryder, you could tell the same story. I would love, you know, um, you know, I would have a conversation. Not saying we haven't already. Not saying we, you know, have or have not. Who's to say? Who's to say? Who's to say? I think Zack Ryder's dead. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. Uh, would it be cool? A woo woo woo? Would that get a bigger pot? Maybe for one night, as opposed to always ready. Maybe right, because that's more familiar with the WWE universe and audience, but. If I were to go back, it, I think it has to be as Matt Cardona. I I, I say like, uh, you know, Razor Ramon came back as Scott Hall. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like right. the Zack Ryder thing, it was, listen, I'm so fortunate for that time as Zack Ryder. It has set me up. When I say WWE was my developmental, that's not a shot. That's not anti-WWE. That's WWE taught me everything. It taught me how to have this run in all these promotions. It taught me how to do these interviews. It taught me how to be a superstar. Uh, So I'm forever grateful uh, to WWE for that. Um, But if I would ever go back, I think it has to be as, as me, as Matt Cardona Uh, to go back as Zack Ryder. Eh, you know? Yeah. No, I do know. That, that's how I feel. I mean, I think it's similar to like when uh, even when Cody came back at WrestleMania, when he did the right. one spot where he acknowledged Stardust for a second. Sure. Just got the sure. pop. Like everybody, like I, I acknowledge it. Right, right. But I'm I'm the American Nightmare. I've built right. the American there, there, Nightmare. There's this. no way I'd be making towns doing the woo, 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 broski boot. Right. You know, 
Right. A, a, a special occasion, sure. Right. Right. Even right. now, I do it a special occasion, but it's, I, I have no desire to 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 do that. Right. Yeah. I mean, especially because look at look at how you brought up the value of Matt Cardona. Right. Why would you not capitalize on that? I, I've totally reinvented myself, and and you know. Some things strategic, some things just being always ready for any situation. Like, okay, I did not plan when I got released. Oh, I'm going to be this death match guy. No, it happened. It fell to my lap and I made the most of the opportunity. Did it blow up and explode way more than I could have imagined? Yes, but I ran with that, you know, and that's, I think that's what this always ready is all about being always ready for any and all opportunities. Not everything's going to be a success. Not everything is going to, you know, get me to that next level, but I have to at least try. Right. And that's all I've ever wanted was an opportunity to try. Is there any, uh, situation where you are wearing not your own merch? Like I've never, I don't know that I've ever seen you with a logo on your body. I'm not taking a shot. I'm not saying this right. is positive or negative. It's just right. I've never seen you wear a shirt or a hat right. that right. doesn't have your own face or logo on it. I've never, I've never seen it. Why would I promote somebody else? <laughs> I mean, I guess. I guess. Right? Yeah, no, I right? guess. I mean, I want people mm -hmm. to know who I am. I want people to know who the major wrestling career podcast is. But I this, want people to buy my merch, not somebody else's merch. This is like even if you're going out to lunch, though, you'll be like. You'll throw on a, a broski shirt or something. If you see me through an airport, mm -hmm. major pod hoodie, <laughs> not going to own a hat, when it was the pandemic, internet champion mask. You know what I'm <laughs> All the way, baby. Yeah. All the way. No, yeah. It's I, promotion. I'm a walking billboard. I did. Yeah, and that's smart. If, if I'm not if I'm not gonna promote myself, who is? That's true. But does right. like your wife ever be like, could you 100%, not, could sure. you not do that? Could you, could sure, you just but not? She likes it when I'm buying her a Gucci bag on right. all the money I made for my merch. Do you remind her that this is what bought that? <laughs> no, I mean, maybe sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> the probably be one step too far. Yeah. I yeah. did notice uh, at Comic-Con, you were walking around in the bright white major PBR jacket with the bendies on it and everything. It was a billboard. Well, I mean, it was for sale at the Nerds Clothing booth. Why would I not promote it? That's true. Someone says, holy shit, that's a nice jacket. Where would I get it? Over there, Nerds Clothing. Right, right. And it's okay. like, if anybody has a question, like, I don't know, would this be cool to wear? Well, Cardona's wearing it. Obviously. There cool. you go. It's cool. He's not going to wear something that's right. not cool. Right. Yeah. Is there any uh, merch that you've wanted to create for yourself that, that you're still kind of figuring out, like, exactly how to execute? Man, that's a that's a loaded question. I I put out a lot of stuff. No, I know. In the past two years, yeah. I mean, we have our own action figure line. Yeah. Um. I we did major pod condoms. Believe it or not. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I didn't know uh, that. I I did I did my own sneakers. I saw that. Uh, I don't know if there's anything we haven't done. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. You know, you, you know. Guys you guys did a program with full match card. You guys sometimes I fingers. feel like we did everything. Yeah. Sometimes I feel like you guys do stuff like a lot of it's going to make a profit. Sure. But some of it is like, I just want this to exist. I just want a thing. I just want this to exist. So let's just make it. Sure. But nothing loses money. I say this in life. Crumbs make crumb cake. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. So I'm not saying I'm getting rich off these foam fingers. Yeah. We're getting rich off these always ready dog tags. You make a little here. You make a little there. At the end of the year, holy shit. I mean, 
this might be hard to believe, but I made more money mm-hmm. in 2022 than I made in my any, any year of my WWE career. And you think about that for a second. That's- Independent wrestler, unsigned, making more money than a WWE contract. That is the truth. Because and, I and, busted my ass. And by the way, multi- most of those months in 2022, you weren't even wrestling. No, just three of them. Just three. All right. That's still a quarter of the year, though. Right, but I was still doing all those bookings. Right. So, I mean, I have the major wrestler podcast. I wrestle. We have major bendies. It's, it's again, crumbs make crumb cake. We do our live uh, major wrestler podcast shows. We have our own wrestling promotion, FWF. So it's just a little here, a little there, a little here, a little there. End of the day, end of the year, got a big fucking crumb cake. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny okay. that you said crumbs make crumb cake because that reminded me, I believe Cody Rhodes brought that up at the Comic-Con panel this year when he was talking. Oh, he stole that line from me. He better no, no, no. He, he gave you credit. Okay, good. In the context of talking about, he said, it's funny, you said Brett Lauderdale is cheap because Cody said that you are very cheap. I that That's absolute bullshit. And I know he's been starting that rumor. Yeah. Uh, you know, I heard him say things that I don't buy rounds when we go mm-hmm. to the theme parks. Mm-hmm. That's absolute bullshit. Okay. And I take offense to that because there's a lot of Cody Rose lies. You know, a lot of things he says to to get an LOL out of people. Oh, but wow. this one really uh, is offensive because it's so untrue. Well, it's also, I mean, it's especially, if it is true, it would be especially offensive because people know you're spending like, you know, thousands of dollars on toys. So the idea that right. now Cody Rhodes is letting us know that in your personal right. life, you're very cheap. That, that doesn't, that, you don't look good. That, you know, that's how, I'm the thousand dollar broski. That's absolute bullshit. That's just a lie. It is. Fabrication. Yeah. Wow. He's just trying to get an LOL. Uh, a clickbait, you know? Gotcha, gotcha. Che- a little cheap pop. Yeah, cheap pop. Yeah. yeah. But it's yeah. not true. I'm, I'm I'm, not cheap. That's really... At all. That's unfortunate. Yeah, I mean, you bought that... I see it in a figure right behind you. You got that purple and gold tuxedo and you made a life-size version of it, so... <laughs> <laughs> That's not life-size. No, 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 but you made a life-size version of the tux. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> to wear it. <laughs> and I've got micro brawlers out of it, other actually t-shirts, merch. I have uh $1000 bills with my face on it, broski bucks we call them. Of course, broski you bucks. <laughs> yeah. Cuz crumbs make crumb cake. That's right. That's right, baby. Boom. That's right. Now there are some merch items we made that weren't, you know, instant hits like you know one summer we made some beach balls sure you know <laughs> sure maybe we had to give some some extra stock away maybe we didn't sell out of the beach balls that's all right but it all works out at the end that's yeah yeah you look at the yeah. end of, you look at the end of the year what's the bottom yeah. line right and, and it's you're you're in the black right like you know we made rory fox rapid delivery rory fox micro brawlers mm-hmm. were they a sellout no no but you know we did a good thing because rory fox never had a figure before he probably never will again. Right. So we made his dream come true. <laughs> Although yeah. it would be great in your, because you could do it with your Remco toy line. If you did like rapid delivery, Rory Fox, like a figure that had the jeans from true life yeah. and you could well, rip I, them off and he had the tights on under it. I want to do one where he has the tights and those <laughs> rip off and he's just like a He-Man figure. There's no, there's no genitals. There's nothing, you know? So yeah. he's just naked under there. Right. It's just, but he's just a eunuch. Like there's no, right. Right. No genitals, no nothing. Yeah, yeah. Like a Ken doll. Yeah, 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 yeah. Are you are you surprised? I would love that. You think that's a good idea? I think it'd be a good I marketing opportunity. Great, I mean, limited edition. I'm not saying mass produce it. It's for the collectors. Maybe add a 250. Yeah, yeah. I would yeah. pick. I, that's one I would probably pick up. Sure, because <laughs> that's a know. that's a classic ECW moment. That's right, because I am an ECW original. You, uh, which leads me to Bully Ray, who's been extreme shaming me. Uh, saying I'm not extreme or hardcore, 
but I am. And we have a big, big match in December at the ECW arena. Are you going to be there, Sam? Uh, can you get me in? I don't know about that. You know? <laughs> but I, I'm going to end the Bully Ray because um, tables are so like 2000. I'm going to put it through a door. Of course you're going to put him through a yeah. door because this is, right. this is indie wrestling in 2022. That's we don't do tables right. anymore. That's tables right. are expensive. Right through the door. Yeah. You're going to put <laughs> Cardona, get the door. That's right. That's yeah. right. That's yeah. Right. That, so how did the uh, beef between you and Bully Ray start? Because he's on his stupid little show, busted open. Yeah. You know, you know, he just extreme shaming me, you know, saying I'm not hardcore. I'm not extreme. I'm not the deathmatch king. I'm not an ECW original. When clearly, I'm all of those things. Did that hurt, like, emotionally, knowing what you had gone through in that death match with Nick Gage? And other stuff that you've done in GCW, by the way. That's, right. the, that's, the, that's the peak of your hardcoreness. But the, I mean, I sold out the Hammerstein Ballroom. You, well, yeah, I mean, you were part of the sellout of the Hammerstein right. Ballroom. I mean, the right. shit you were doing with Effie. You were doing some pretty hardcore stuff with Effie. You did, right. Like, you, right. you've bled. You've bled. And when you see somebody... Uh, who's like a hardcore legend, I would say, like Bully Ray, sure. saying that none of that stuff counts, that you're not hardcore. It just hurts my feelings, you know? It did hurt your feelings? It, it, it did hurt my feelings. Wow. I'm sorry. But now I'm going to have to shut them up. In the ECW arena, whatever they call it now. I, I don't know what they call it. The Philly Cheesesteak Arena. Whatever <laughs> yeah. it's called now. Whatever you it know? is. Yeah. Whatever they call it. Oh, and you're leaving beautiful Florida to get to Philadelphia in December just to do that. I mean, I'm doing it for the people. That's nice. You know, I'm doing it for the original hardcore ECW fan base who want me to succeed, who want me to shut up uh, Bully once and for all. Aside from the death match, I, I guess, I mean, this might be, I might have answered my own question. I would imagine aside from the death match with Nick Gage, is winning the NWA title oh. the top thing? I mean, how is it not up there? Winning yeah. the NWA World's Heavyweight Championship um, was something that was not on my bingo card, you know? Again, something that fell into place, and I'm always ready, and I won. And I think I did a great job as that champion. And this isn't a shot to anybody in NWA, but if they want to take it as a shot, so be it. Go get other bookings. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> I, I brought that title everywhere. Yeah. You know, they're, they're like, you know, Trevor Murdoch, he's a champion now. He won it. What, in June when I had to give it up? Mm -hmm. His only defense mm -hmm. was the, the pay-per-view in August. Like, go work some indies. You're the right. world champion. Travel all over the world. At least leave your goddamn house. Right. You know what I'm saying? So at hard times three, me, Trevor, Tyrus, I mean, I have to win for the sake of the NWA. I'm the savior of the NWA. And I think Tyrus would do a good job. He, he'd be on Fox News with it on his shoulder. Yeah. That'd be great publicity. But Trevor, I mean, listen, he's great in the ring, bell to bell. But mm -hmm. this isn't, you know, this is. Sports entertainment. Mm. He's got to do something. Start right. a podcast. I don't know. Start a, you know, start a farm. I don't know. Trevor's <laughs> Farms. I don't know. Do something. Something with that title on it that people yeah. see. Visibility. Yeah. With the title yeah. becomes, I mean, that goes back to being a billboard, right? And I feel like there was, a, there was a hot minute there where a lot of companies realized that you could be their billboard and you were traveling Town to town, state to state, country to country, continent sure. to continent. With I think at one point I had like six or seven titles. Yeah, how do you travel with seven titles? I did not bring them all. <laughs> <laughs> I, the only time they were in my bag at once was for that photo shoot where, of course, I sold eight by tens, and I still do to this day the Ultimo Broski eight by ten, very popular at the merch stand. Right. So do you? 
do you make the call? Like you're looking like, I'll bring these two titles. I'm not going to bring any right. titles. Does it depend on the show? Internet title always comes. Right. The most prestigious title in wrestling always comes. Um, is that because um, uh, you made it? Well, because I, it changed the business. Uh, yeah. T tell me that Z True Long Island story didn't change the business. Tell me. Look me. You're, this is video. Tell me to my face it didn't change the business. I cannot say that. And exactly. I hear it from the people. I mean, I'm sure. That's right. I've seen the the the, the kids now that grew up watching it that are, that are emulating it. All I, these kids vlogging. Yeah. BTE show. That started AEW. So really, I'm responsible for AEW. Would you say if there was no Z True Long Island story, there would be no AEW? I'll say it right now. Without Z True Long Island story, there would be no BTE and there would be no e a uh, Let's do that again. This is live, pal. <laughs> We're live, pal. We're live, without pal. Z True Long <laughs> without Z True Long Island story, there would be no BTE and there would be no AEW. Cool me on that. Clickbait headline. Sean Ross Sapp going to run with that, baby. <laughs> Let's go, Fightful Select. Oh, I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll leak Fightful it to him Select. early. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I like Fightful Select. They have a good Patreon, but if you want to get a really good Patreon, go to majormarks.com. You can listen to the Major Wrestling Podcast early and ad-free. Bonus content, bonus interviews, bonus merch. Are you a uh, are you a Major Marks, Sam? I mean, I've been trying to figure out how I can uh, politely ask you for free access to the Facebook oh group. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> I'm not shocked by that. I would join. I would. I would join the uh, Patreon-only Facebook group for free. We'll see what we can do. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. So, speak. Let's get back to figures. What? What for yeah. you? You know, because I know, uh, I know you've been real happy with the Mattel creation stuff. You know, I heard You're you doing guys a great job, excellent. Uh, the new generation yeah. arena, you bought eleven. I, I, I did. And guess what I did with them? <laughs> Are they all gone? They're all gone. You sold them all? I sold them all. No way. You didn't. Well, you didn't. You didn't hold any of them. Oh wait, wait. Well, obviously one loose. Of yeah. course, of course, for your own collection. Yeah, yeah. Right. One. I also uh, collect those ultimates mint. So one. Completely sealed mint. I think that, yeah, because you got to have the figures. Right. Yeah. Two to hold on forever because it's going to jack up in price. Okay. Okay. And then the other ones I sold on Whatnot every Monday, 6.30 p.m., majorwhatnot.com. You go on Whatnot, Sam? No. If you, you know can hook me up. Can you hook me up? You know what it is? Yeah, I know what Whatnot is. It's yeah. like, uh, yeah, it's like uh, you, you do your own. It's almost like your own home shopping network. I do think right. it's, it's great. Like, it, it's like it's like Instagram live meets eBay. It's yeah. Great. Yeah, yeah, no, I think it's yeah. cool. But you sold, so you so, sold six of them. And what I did was, mm -hmm. I broke them up. I sold the stage Ooh. by itself, Ooh. the rig by itself, Ooh. the diesel by itself, Ooh. the dork by itself, and then the machos came, and I sold the machos by themselves. <laughs> <laughs> Thousand dollar broski, baby. That's Thousand right, baby. dollar broski. That's right. That's right. Are That's we right. gonna? What's the plan with the uh, Attitude Era uh, Ultimate Edition ring? What's your what's your what's your plan of action? Um, I'll I'll get two of them. Um, I I don't think I have the space to actually build that ring, but I have to get the cane out of there. Right, right. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna buy excess ones to sell because anyone could buy it on ring set. It's not limited like that. No, not that's, limited. That's the right plan. I'll probably yeah. That's that's I'll probably do something similar. Um, yeah. you know what do, what do, what is the project that you want next for Mattel's crowdfunding section? Man. That's the there's question, so many, right? Yeah. There's so many cool things. I, I would love an arena for either the, uh, and I'm, by arena, I mean like entranceway, stage, um, 
you know, ring for maybe for the retros or the, uh, huh. the superstars. I'm thinking like a ring with a cage, an entranceway, you know, maybe some blue mats, guardrails. Now, obviously, it's for the retro, so it's a lot smaller. It won't take up all the space. And you can go all out. You can add more stuff to it. You, you can, can add, add more stuff to it. The guardrails and the right. tables and everything. And of and course, it, if, if they did one, it could work for both the superstars and the retros. It could be in the same scale because yeah. they're essentially the same size. And then would, would you want them to do a new ring or just kind of redo the ring that they've already done? Um, Because the ring was I'd good. Be, I'd be fine if they, you know, kept the new ring, but I'd let's, let's redo it a little bit. Like maybe like, remember the old, uh, the prototype of that Hasbro ring that has the fabric aprons. Yeah. Like, yeah. Know, yes. Like that. Yes. That would be cool. Yeah. And, and that would be the, that would be the deal, right? That you could use the arena for your Hasbros and your retros right. that everybody's putting out and everything. Yeah. Oh my God. Even Hassle toy making some retros. I mean, now. Well, he's promising to make them. Well, we'll see. We'll yeah. see. Yeah. And you could even use that arena for your major bendies. Of course you could. That's right. Majorpodmerch.com. <laughs> Do you have a favorite major bendy other than yourself? Uh, other than think, your crew. Don't tell me any anyone your I think crew. The, the fact that we got Ric Flair. Oh yeah. Pretty nuts. Yeah. Got Flair done for Flair's last match. Um I mean, goddamn, Ric Flair in our line of major bendies. So pretty cool. Uh, our next set is coming out in November. Will be Colt Cabana, Effie, Gangrel, and Chelsea Green. Love so that. Yeah. Those will be in stock in November. Um, and believe it or not, the number one selling major bendy of all time was Tyrus. And uh, we put those up for pre order. It was like a two week pre order. He talked about it on TV and it was cha ching, cha ching, cha ching, cha ching. Cha -ching. I, I couldn't believe it. That's that gut so, felt magic. That's right. So those will be uh, arriving in the States end of November, early December, but those are already sold out. So, wow. Already sold out. What an uh, empire. What an M. We're trying, baby. We're trying, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Man. I mean, the, the sky's the limit, right? If you if you bet on yourselves and you do the work, the sky's the limit. So you've you right now you are a superstar for impact wrestling. You're an impact wrestling superstar. You're an NWA superstar. Yeah. FWF. FWF. Your own promotion. GCW. And, and I'm upset you didn't come to FWF Live Four, Sam. Josh Matthews asked about me. He was there. I know. He told me yeah. that he asked you if I was coming. So that's the second yeah. time. That's the second time yeah. somebody's asked you, is Sam Roberts yeah. going to be here? I wrestled Maven in a tough enough street fight and I lost. I did watch it. I, I did. <laughs> I did watch it. I saw Josh Matthews interfere. And <laughs> he did. See, I'm a good booker as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Josh, yeah. Seemed, Josh seemed excited about it. It was great. It was a lot of fun. But yeah, I, listen, I wrestle... Anywhere that is going to book me and pay me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know? as, long, as long as you, you pay my rate, I'll be there. I don't care if it's in front of 10 people or 10,000 people. If you're paying me, I'm there. Right. You're not going to even ask. You, you won't even ask what's the house. Doesn't matter. No interest. <laughs> <laughs> no interest. Oh, I love it. No interest. It's the, I just want the money. I want the buzz, the money, and the gold. That's it. But I think this is oh, why yeah. people, because that's not generally a likable disposition, but I think the reason people can't help but respect it is because not only are you honest about it, but then you take all the money and you put it back into your wrestling collection. Like you're that's such, right. 
still, after all this time, after all the, the stuff that you've been through, after every element of the business that you've been exposed to, like you're still a wrestling fan. It still feels right. like you're acting out the stuff that you wanted to do as a kid. Like you're doing stuff that little little Matt Cardona would have been like, that's so cool. That's my guy. Right. And, and these past two years have been the most creatively fulfilling because I can do whatever I want. Yeah. I can, you know, wrestle wherever I want, wear whatever outfit I want, do whatever I want. I don't have to answer to anybody. Uh, you know, that's part of the reason I don't want to sign any contracts anywhere is because call it selfishness or not. I love being my own boss. Yeah. I love not answering to anybody. And I'll tell you what, I'm working harder now and more hours now than I ever have before, but I love it. I absolutely love it. And I think people don't fully comprehend how big of a difference it is when you come up with an idea and you don't go, I'm not even going to ask because I'd have to ask 10 people and they'd right. say no. Or it's like, because, right. you know, they, they, and this is every every company of every business. When you work for a company, it's serious. It's everywhere. It's like you come up with an idea. It makes perfect sense. Everybody wins. But for whatever reason, it's a no. And that is such a kick in the balls. Like it's and there's nothing. And you just go, all right. And and I think, you know, a lot of times complacency can can come up because of that and everything. And and obviously when you when you go, okay, I figured out how to just be in this position where I can just have these ideas and do them. Just just right. Just do the idea and see what happens. And that's tough to give up. I mean, like, you know, some of the stuff we're doing, you know, for instance, we every year we have the major recipe for a podcast holiday toy drive. Sam, I'm, I'm counting on your donation this year. But like one of the sponsors of the toy drive mm -hmm. is Pat's Blue Ribbon. <laughs> our sponsor. I mean, who else can bring Toys for Tots and PBR together? Only Matt Cardona, Brian Myers and the major recipe for a podcast. That's true. You know? That's true. <laughs> it's unbelievable. And I also love that you've like, like, I, I, I get a, such a kick out of the fact that you turned like talking about power town toys into like a yeah. full-fledged business <laughs> venture. Like somehow they're sponsoring the end of your videos and everything. They are. <laughs> because like I'm sitting there going, the pow pow power town updates are like some of the best things in podcasting. Like this is my favorite right. part right. of your show. When you do the Power Town updates and you just have Listen, this. I, I love Power Town. It's a great toy line coming out. I believe their <laughs> pre-orders end uh, October 31st. And they, they look right now. They look fantastic. They look amazing. Now, you know, Magnum TA. Who doesn't want that? Kerry Von Erich. I do. You know, I want the whole first set. When we get to like the 200 guys they signed, I don't know if we need Jacques Rougeau's dad. <laughs> you know, I don't know if we do. I don't know what the, you know what I'm saying? The, I don't know how many of those need to be in existence. I don't know how many would sell. The interview that you guys did with with the guy who runs that toy line was one of my favorite. Rosenthal, he's awesome. He's one. Of, it's one of my favorite things you guys have ever yeah. done. When he's explaining that you don't understand, we're going to do bed sheets and beach right. towels, and it's like, it, of course, the Baron von Roschke beach towel. Right. Like <laughs> Macho Man Randy Savage is my favorite wrestler of all time. I don't know if I need an Angelo Papo, <laughs> you know, towel. <laughs> Or action. I don't. I don't know if I do. Right. I don't. But maybe right. you'll see it and you'll be like, "This is so good." Right. I, maybe I'll be a completist. Maybe right. <laughs> Power down <laughs> completist. That'd be so difficult. <laughs> I know, especially if they really make all two hundred, you know, of the people they have signed. Yeah, and they will. 
They will. I, I mean, have faith. We'll see. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. We'll see. But series one looks awesome. Yeah. Uh, and make sure you get those. Yeah, they do look awesome. They look they look amazing. Um, well, and what was it that Austin looked the other day? I mean, you went all out, but then couldn't shave in a goddamn goatee. So here's what I was thinking. I was talking to my <laughs> wife about this, and uh, I was like, I think I'm going to shave my my beard down to a goatee. And then I was looking at it, and I was like, yeah. but see, my beard uh, is like one of the, is like a jawline trick. Okay. You know, like I think I I think I have a really weak jawline, mm -hmm. and so instead of I was like, well, one I got to pick one thing. It's either stone cold, but it's a full beard, not a goatee, or it's stone cold, but look how weak his jawline is. And I, I would have went for the weak jawline. You would well, you don't have a weak yeah. jawline, so you don't have that kind of pain. You have good a good strong. You're yeah, a muscular guy. Like you're almost there, you know. Yeah, I walked in. <laughs> I walked into the to the broadcast office, you know, where everybody is in NXT, and oh, Booker yeah. T was there. And I, as soon as I walked in the room, he went, "Man, you don't look like Stone Cold." <laughs> <laughs> it was the beard. That's why. Maybe it was. Maybe it was. But I had the wrist it was tape the goatee. on. The yeah, you would have fooled everybody with the goatee. Yeah. Maybe we'll have some Steve Weisers at the last match. It's going down November 14th. This is yeah. great because you get to see Matt Cardona uh, in, in every element uh, of his performance. You get to see him wrestle, obviously. There's a match at the end of the show. But you also see the acting and you see the singing. Singing, singing. dancing, kicking ass. Actually, I don't dance. Right. But uh, <laughs> it, it's a lot of fun. It, it's It's... Theater meets wrestling. It, it's it's something I can't even describe, you know, because, you know, you, you read the script and the script says, all right, Alexander Swagger gets in the ring. Ben Vengeance gets in the ring. The bell rings. They lock up. Right. But when the fans are there and interacting, you have to interact back with the fans. Mm -hmm. You know, you go to Phantom of the Opera. The fans are chanting. They don't they don't, you know, improv. Right. They're a fan of the opera. <laughs> right. So that's what's so interesting about this show. It's that. It's just an experience. It's truly an interactive experience, and you have to uh, be there to experience it. Well, it. I'll probably be there November 14th. Well, with a free ticket, I'm sure you will be. <laughs> White, plus one, right? I, I can make that happen. All right, cool, cool. White Eagle right, Hall cool. in Jersey yeah. City, New Jersey, November 14th, two shows. You can look up the last match. You can go to uh, Matt Cardona's Instagram. There's a pinned post, and it'll take you right to the website. You can get your tickets and everything. It's... Uh, it's fun, man. It's a lot of fun, and I, 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 I'm enjoying everything you're doing. I can't wait to see what's what, what you're gonna what trick you're gonna pull out of your hat next. Well, I mean, maybe I'll do that show as a two-time NWA World's Heavyweight Champion. So. Ooh, I can't wait! And the next time yeah. you heard it at the beginning of this conversation, the next time we do this, you'll be in the Not Sam Studio, and then I'll get a, a Matt Cardona Major Bendy. But you already have one. Not the tan. I'll get the I'll get the non-tan one. Uh, okay. You well, know. they're also that you have to wait for my Deathmatch King merch table exclusive that's coming any day now. That's what I'll do. I'll hit up but one of the conventions. You'll ha but you'll have to go to one of my shows. Though. I can't just give it. You. It's a merch table exclusive. Are you going to have it at the at the uh, last match? Uh, if they come in in time, I might. Okay. All right. Well, if not, you can we'll give see. me a free ticket to one of your other shows. I, I, yeah, I, don't, I don't do cop tickets. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that comes out of my end, and that's not yeah, happening. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for your time and being so gracious, Thanks, Matt Cardona. It's always fun. See ya. Thanks for listening. Follow at NotSam on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Rate, review, and subscribe.
This has been Not Sam Wrestling. Not Sam Wrestling.